found myself reading more and more um, scripture, like more and more doctrines. And then I found, you know, this version of the Bible is different from this version of the Bible is different from this version of the Bible, but this story in the Quran is almost identical to this story in the King James Bible is almost identical to, you know, this aspect of the Torah. And you start to kind of, you start to, the more you read, the more you're like, one of these things is a lot like the other. (laughs) (laughs) Question, what's going on? And I I found myself at this place of searching for somewhere that I fit and then being like, I think I'm just an atheist. I think. Hello and welcome to Not So Peter Priest's podcast. This is your host, Jake Taylor. Um, Right at the top. Uh, I, you can reach me at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. You can send your stories, your um, not, your moments with Mormons, um, and, you know, whatever you feel like sending to me, because, you know, I'm here, and I want the hate mail. So, um, also, you can also talk to me at on Instagram at notsopeterpriesthood. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Also, rate, review, and subscribe. Wow. Rate, review, and subscribe. (laughs) And that would be great. And I also wanted to thank everybody for your support and your lovely comments and everything you've, all the feedback I've been getting. So, um, but without further ado, um, I don't know why I say that. Anyway, without, I feel like so old person when I say that. Without much more, but it's so easy to say. Uh, anyway, my guest is Michelle. Hello, <laughs> Hello Michelle. <laughs> and Michelle and I have a friend in common. <laughs> That's how uh, Dusty, um, she is a great friend of the podcast and of mine, and I talk to her every day. So <laughs> she's a great um, so how are you doing, Michelle? Oh. I'm doing really well. I think I've known Dusty for probably 12 years at this point. Oh, wow. Yeah. We're like how real friends. <laughs> wow. And I am low-key jealous that you get to know her in person. <laughs> She's dope. She's pretty dope. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> how do you guys know each other? Uh, she worked with my mom randomly. Uh, and they work together and I met her through her and we've just stayed friends ever since. And we're both total fiber arts nerds. So we bonded over like crocheting and knitting and <laughs> domestic life that we both. Have. Uh, listeners. So as soon as the video came on, uh, Michelle was just sitting there click clacking with a crochet, knitting. you know, just knitting. Yeah. <laughs> She's making a. A dress, <laughs> like just okay. <laughs> just um, life. I went to the science <laughs> center today with some with my kids and you know a mutual mom friend, and I was like, "Don't take your knitting. Do not take your knitting. Don't <laughs> Leave it at home." <laughs> so, do you find yourself um, like? like moving your hands a lot with it because you get you get used to you know what I mean like when you don't have knitting you're just like kind of fidgeting or something because you're just like uh I gotta have something to do <laughs> I can't focus when my hands are uh empty and I find myself very 
uh, exuberant with my hands and all of a sudden I'm talking. My hands and my shoulders are engaged, and I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> oh, I'm not eating. Okay, that's the problem here. That's the issue. <laughs> like a fake blanket, I guess. I don't actually know how to be an adult, so I just use knitting. <laughs> hey, there's worse things you could be doing. It's fine. <laughs> it's true. Um, but thank you for being on the show. Um, it's I've heard great things about you from Dusty, so. <laughs> uh, the expectations feel very high now. Like, oh, no. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, so we were kind of, you were giving me a little bit of a rundown before the, before we started recording, but um, I guess we can, uh, if you want to kind of tell your story, whatever you feel like comfortable talking about, and we can just kind of go from there. Yeah, um, so I am the youngest of six. Uh, my mom had two kids before uh, she met my dad. My dad had three kids before he met my mom. So I'm the only child from my mom and my dad. I have all half siblings. And actually when I was born, my next youngest sibling was 12 years older than me. Uh, so there was wow. this like huge age gap. So my poor mom had like a toddler and teenagers at the same time. Oh. It was chaos, it was chaos. Um, my, my biological dad was extremely religious, uh, and actually moving into adulthood, some of my siblings have become like very religious, like kind of like, whoa, uh, my, my bio dad definitely ruled with an iron fist and had a very set opinion on what our household was and what it should look like. And, um, was a very unique gentleman uh he got involved in a scandal and he was on his way to jail for for the circumstances that he was accused of because that happens uh when you're not a good person and instead of going to jail or facing any retribution he killed himself uh and pretty much immediately after that happened our church kicked us out so i was six when he killed himself uh, and I loved going to church. It was like our thing that we did. And yeah, pretty much like maybe two Sundays after he had died, they said, you're not welcome here. Uh, and there was a lot of judgment and a lot of just straight up hatred, it felt like. Uh, and I really didn't understand what was going on because I'm like, my dad just died in this place that's supposed to be my safe place to come and be with my community is now now saying I'm not welcome and that I'm a sinner and that, you know, I need to go do all these things and concepts that I'd never heard of. Like I remember old ladies telling me to repent. I was like, what is that? I'm, I'm a <laughs> uh, and so I'm already, you know, down in the dumps about this person in my life dying. This, this, you know, this, this parent, this person who is like the ultimate peer in your life. And especially yeah. with, the dynamic of our house it was everything revolved around my dad um and then all of a sudden I'm not welcome in this space and it was just it was really shocking and really startling um and at the same time like where I grew up I spent a lot of time um out on the reserve because uh, I had indigenous family friends that kind of took us in as you know my siblings would go out there and play baseball um, throughout their like whole teen teen years and then I would go out there and be the rug rat like chasing everybody <laughs> <laughs> and I 
probably shouldn't admit this, but like I didn't know I was white until we <laughs> A because I was like, oh, like we're all the same. It's yeah. super chill. And um so I at least had that to lean on. And so after my father passed away, they kind of like became my scoop my safety net and they really scooped me up and made sure that I had a place to to be and to to feel good and they treated me with with kindness versus you know this kind of institution that's supposed to be the place that people like me very white people are supposed to fit in they instantly get you know and my mom my mom was like down in the dumps financially it left her like really on a shoestring there was no insurance money they owned a business um and there was a ton of stuff that happened and actually someone from the church was supposed, it was a trucking company and someone from the church was supposed to help my mom sell assets from the trucking company and like stole trucks and super crazy stuff. And it just, it was yucky. It was this really yucky feeling of, I was supposed to feel good and safe and happy. And instead I felt kind of like out on an island and really unwelcome. Um, so that happened. Uh, so, you know, I spent time out on the reserve, all that kind of stuff, but where I grew up, it's in Creston, BC and right next to Creston is Bountiful, which is this like massive polygamous colony. It's, it's gigantic. And it's actually where Warren Jeffs fled to when he was evading the FBI. Uh, but also, uh, so there, there's a guy named Winston Blackmore, who's like the head of, of that colony or I guess that community, let's call it community, but then there's like another leader and that leader aligns with Warren Jeffs, but Winston doesn't. And there's like all the, it's cool. If you, if oh, you wow. haven't been to it, like it is, it is days of our lives, polygamist edition. Like it is. A whole <laughs> oh, I'm sure all the drama. <laughs> and our neighbor in town, she had been on the colony, but she, she moved into town. And I feel like she was a nurse and she was working at the hospital and she was also going out to the community all the time, blah, blah, blah. But she started taking me to polygamous church because <laughs> like my mom's trying to work and deal with everything that's going on. And she's like, I'll take her. So here's me with like <laughs> extremist Mormons being like, this is awesome. Look at their dresses. This is great. <laughs> Just looking back on it now, I'm like, how did that make sense? How were the <laughs> two communities that took me in, like the indigenous community with this, like my skin pretty much glows translucent. <laughs> like I can't be any whiter. So I'm at like my indigenous community and then like the polygamist. <laughs> like regular they were like, mm -mm, nope, she, she's not welcome here. She's <laughs> that was kind of this bizarre upbringing that I had in the church. Uh, so my family, you know, my mom walked away from it and my family kind of never looked back. And when I became a, a teenager, I got really interested in theology because I was trying to kind of process everything that had happened and I feel like when you have a, a death like that in your family, especially when it's somebody who's like a matriarch or a patriarch, you really struggle to like justify it. Because if you think about traditional theology, someone who takes their life, they're a sinner, they're automatically in hell, but like that's your dad. So, you know, how do you kind of 
how do you make this make sense? And I was always kind of looking for the for the story that made sense. And I found myself reading more and more um, scripture, like more and more doctrines. Mm-hmm. And then I found, you know, this version of the Bible is different from this version of the Bible is different from this version of the Bible, but this story in the Quran is almost identical to this story in the King James Bible is almost identical to, you know, this aspect of the Torah. And you start to kind of, you start to, the more you read, the more you're like, one of these things is a lot like the other. (laughs) (laughs) Question, what's going on? And I, I found myself at this place of searching for somewhere that I fit and then being like, I think I'm just an atheist. I think, yeah. I think that's where I land. Um, so it was this very weird place that I I found myself. And and at that time, I still lived in a small town, and it was it was not cool to be atheist. It was, you know, I went to school with very affluent Christians and Catholics, and and I was the odd duck out for for not latching onto a religion and now like super cool and everybody's on my team (laughs) it's been a weird ride day (laughs) i walked so y'all could run like y'all just (laughs) wait so were you you were in like i can't think of the other um, any other way to say this but like an out atheist like you were very vocal about it and very um I went to school with so many people who were so prideful about their religion that I stuck out like a sore thumb. Plus, I'm like a punk kid, right? Like, I'm covered in tattoos, yeah. listen to alternative music. Like, I love it. <laughs> supported. Um, I remember when I brought home my boyfriend, my mom was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, I thought you were super gay. Like, I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> the boyfriend doesn't fit. And I was like, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> so just kind of all that like there wasn't a lot of um hiding like it the writing was really on the wall it would have been weirder if I was like and I also believe in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ <laughs> <laughs> like metal <laughs> or motorhead rocks but like so does Jesus <laughs> I think I think we all kind of saw the writing. Um, but I, like a lot of the kids that I grew up with, you know, a lot of them got married by the time they were 21. A lot of them have four to six kids. A lot of them, like recently, one of the guys who was like the cool guy at my school, and ironically, my girlfriend was like, that was the guy. That's my, like, when I think of a man and I think of like what I'm attracted to, like that's the standard. Like he was the standard. Uh, he just overdosed. He just overdosed, died, accidental overdose. Cause it turns out he's been addicted to prescription pills this in this entire time. Wow. But on paper, he was like stand-up Christian father, you know, patriarch of the households, all that kind of stuff. I'm like, us dirt bags aren't looking so bad right now. Just, <laughs> just saying. Just saying. <laughs> well, I, mean, thing, I, the thing I had is, a oh. face heater. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you got your tea. Is that tea? Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, I, 
think the thing that that makes me think of is just like being authentic. Like I always go to this like because um, part of my story is just like being authentic and coming out and like leaving the church and that kind of stuff. That's kind of the premise of this podcast and everything. But the um, like you were authentic to yourself and you you did your research and you did your you know and you went with what you felt and what was true to you and your heart and so and now it's like then you see these people that were like quote-unquote faking it the whole time kind of thing and uh really underneath like nobody's perfect but they put on this facade and then you're just and then the truth kind of comes out and you're uh, yeah interesting. it's interesting that you said that tagline because kind of like my 2.0 of me trying to get back into the church when I was an adult um yeah. was I went I met a guy so here's the here's the scenario I'll pitch you the scenario I'm okay. with my two-year-old so my she's nine now so I'm with my two-year-old I'm pregnant with my second I'm a stay-at-home mom I'm having the worst pregnancy ever I'm my husband's working like 60 70 hours a week I'm like stressed out and I'm bummed out and I don't have a lot of friends. I'm living in a small town while he's working in the city. Um, so I used to take my daughter once a week to Starbucks. It was like our thing. We'd go sit and have a little coffee hangout. Mm-hmm. We were at Starbucks and this guy and my daughter is like the most extroverted human being on the face. <laughs> so she would like talk to people who were in Starbucks. So it wasn't abnormal for her to like bond with somebody. So she starts chatting to the guy who's sitting beside us and they are like chatting and you know, everything's good. He seems like a normal dude. Like I didn't notice anything like remarkable about him. Um, Beard tattoos. Looks like he has a Harley, like, I don't know, kind of like average dude who would hang out at a barbecue place. Uh, (laughs) So they're talking and he's like, I know this is kind of weird, but like, I have a church. I'm a, I'm a pastor at a church. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Like, do you? No judgment kind of thing. And he's like, but we're not like a regular church. We're like a cool church. And I was like, I don't believe you, but continue. <laughs> he's like, you know, everybody's welcome. Nobody's perfect. We're not trying to walk in like the Lord's image. We're really just trying to be this community. And their whole tagline was like, no perfect people. Oh. And he he said it a little like behind his hand. So he was a little bit like, and we even let the gays in. And I said, no, at least you're trying. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and he, he was like, you should come. Like, it's just a really cool community. It's just a place where we can all gather on a Sunday, have a cup of coffee. Like, there's no, there's none of that. And I was like, you know what? I'm super lonely. I'm looking for a community. I I don't know a ton of people out here. What a great opportunity. <laughs> what a great opportunity to like go connect with <laughs> So like keep in mind I've read way too much theology in my day. Um and I'm very opinionated and a very str- strongly opinionated woman. Uh, so I go just after my second's born like six weeks postpartum if that maybe like three weeks postpartum I got two kids in tow I go to this church I walk in and he's like Michelle it's so great to see you I'm so glad you came and uh just like a little caveat he had added me on Facebook and kept being like you should come you should come like we we would really love to see you and I was like okay 
So I, I go and he's like, oh my gosh, it's so good to see you. Like, thank you so much for coming. I'll hold your baby while you get a coffee. Like, and he's a dad. Like, he's got like just a shit ton of kids, right? So, uh, <laughs> oh, you can swear. You're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he takes my kid. I'm making a cup of coffee. Other people are coming up to me and they're like, you know, so-and-so told us that you were coming. We're so excited to meet you. My name is this. Here's my story. And just like surrounded by good energy and I was like this is dope like I can get into this and then all of a sudden this woman's like oh we're doing you know we're doing kids stuff downstairs so like your kid can come downstairs um and then you can listen to you know the sermon and I was like okay sounds great they're doing craft stuff downstairs my two-year-old loves people like oh this is this is fantastic so they they take her downstairs you know get her all set up I sit down I'm like snuggling a sleeping baby and a screen comes on because they have like one, they have one church and then they have all these satellites. So the main pastor delivers the sermon at the church and then they like live stream it into all of the satellites. Uh Like weird, but like, cool, do you kind of thing. So, um, homie that I had met gets up and gives <laughs> his little like spiel on what they're going to talk about today and welcomes everybody. And even was like, and we have a new member named Michelle. She just had her second baby. Let's welcome her with open. I was like, Oh, like I'm <laughs> like, I feel great. They <laughs> <laughs> start doing their thing and like, I'm covered in tattoos. My husband was the lead singer of a metal band well like I just I know alt culture really well and this guy gets on the screen and he's wearing a motorcycle jacket but you know like the dangly part of the zipper Uh he's put a cross on that (laughs) on his like this the zippers on his arm and Uh it's like a real motorcycle jacket like no human who actually like consistently rides motorcycles would be like you know what's super comfortable hanging out in my riding jacket like this second you sit down like get me out of this but he's wearing like a full biker's jacket and I was like this vibe is not vibing for me wait the pastor was wearing this pastor the pastor on the live stream is wearing this motorcycle jacket and I'm like and like you know, Sons of Anarchy, both of them kind of had, like, the two pastors both had, like, the Sons of Anarchy thing, which, stick with me, we're getting there. Uh, <laughs> so he's delivering the sermon. And keep in mind, I'm being sold this church on how it's not churchy. Uh-huh. Oh, and, and the sermon revolved around how we should not trust anybody above God, including our partners. So the only person we should trust is God. Um, And how even in our own marriage, we shouldn't trust our partner, we should look to God for guidance and answers. And I was like, hot take, but like, (laughs) okay, all right. (laughs) Then at the end of it, my kid comes upstairs and she's like kind of bummed out and my kid is normally like always happy. So I'm like, what's up? Like, what'd you do down there? She's like, they're weird. <laughs> and I was like, okay, like it's a new experience. <laughs> rah, rah. <laughs> Try it. And, I went and they had their version of the Bible. So they took King James 
and they, I wish I still had it. It was, it was brilliant. <laughs> they took names and they like ebonics it a little bit. Like they were like, what dialogue of English would the average person in the 21st century be able to understand? And they like <laughs> kind of wrote their own version. So instead of being like, thou shall not covet thy neighbor's wife or some mm. something, it would be like, I won't be attracted to my neighbor's wife. Like it was, it was very weird Spirit, and they yeah. dumb it down and make it, um, make it palatable for most, you know, yeah. like yeah. For, they were trying to sell it to all of us. And I was like, that's cool. <laughs> but so there's me, the nerd that I am. I'm like, here's a copy of King James. Here's a copy of your 2.0 version. And I'm reading <laughs> the same paragraph. And your message is completely different than the original Bible. And, like, I get it. All religious doctrines are written by man. They're all up for interpretation, et cetera, et cetera. We'll move on. This was, like, <laughs> that was off. And I remember reading, like, half of it and then saying to my husband, I feel like this Bible is gaslighting me. Like, I feel like, <laughs> I feel like it's gaslighting me worse than the original version. Like, I feel <laughs> Why are you still reading it? <laughs> I just, you know, I, sorry, I've got all this stuff going off. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a try. So I remember talking to another friend and being like, look, this person invited me to their church. I'm looking for people to hang out with. I'm looking for like a community of other parents to get to know out here. Will you come with me? Because I know you're also very religious. Um, because I feel like something's weird. Like something feels off. And so she was like, okay, I'll come. So she came. And it was also very awkward because she brought her husband. And they were like, oh, yeah, we're going to do this sermon. So, like, if you ladies want to go downstairs and help with Sunday school. And both of us were like, me. <laughs> so we stayed. And we... We, we, we watched the entire thing and it was, uh, you know, live streamed in again. And he was wearing this time pastor was wearing like a, a newsboy hat and like oh. a button up shirt with like anchors all over it. And he looked like he'd be hanging out drinking an IPA at a barbecue. Like, <laughs> yeah. look. And I was like, these people confuse me. Um, and <laughs> it was about, uh, it was about how nobody is perfect and how all people sin and how, you know, uh, must trust God. And the whole time I was like, what are you angling at? Like, what are you, what is this whole process? Like, it feels like you're trying to divide couples in a really weird yeah. way. And so she's sitting beside me, literally sitting on her hands because she's ready to just rage. And she's like, <laughs> He's like down for this Bible, and I'm not gonna out the religion, but if you know the tagline, you probably know. And like, this is her home court, and she's like, "What is this?" She's <laughs> 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 like losing it. Like, okay, so it's not just me. Like, it's, it's not just me. All right. So like, it ends, and everybody's hanging out and talking, and 
pastor guy walks up to me and he's holding my daughter and he's, oh, you're so sweet. You're so cute. Like to my daughter. And he's being a total, total like helpful guy. Right. Like he's like, oh, I'll help you out. I'll help you out. And so then he's asking me questions about tattoos because he's, you know, I want to get more tattoos and let's talk tattoos. And I was like, okay, but I needed to change my daughter. And he was like, oh, I'll carry her so you can carry your stuff. Like when you have to change a baby, you've got, you know, a giant bag and you're trying to take the stuff. And he's like, you know, there's a there's like a, a room that we've allocated for babies and that we've we've made like a mom room. So come on, come on down. I'll carry her. You carry your stuff. Like, well, we'll go deal with this. So we walk and I like go change her. And so now I'm holding the baby and I come out and I'm down a hallway, like separated from my friend who's waiting for me. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you don't know where this is going. It's just in the past. And he's like, yeah, like, I really want to show you the, the tattoo I just got. And I was like, okay sure so he lifts up his shirt and shows me like his entire side of this like tattoo and I was like okay like can we not (laughs) can we join the masses Um, I'm holding a baby and he took my hand and he's like do you think this is infected and he ran his hand ran my hand down his tattoo using his hand and I was like that's a tattoo of your wife's name that you are using my hand to touch. Touch. Oh, that's. Feel good about this. Oh, no, this no, is... no. <laughs> then I'm like, no, like, I think it's probably fine. Like, <laughs> like let's, let's go back to where the people are. So I go back and my, my friend was like, you have like a deer in headlights look. And I was like, okay, okay. <laughs> the weirdest thing just happened. So we're sitting and like her and I are talking because her. Her husband's like big into music and, and does production and stuff. So he was like nerding out about the tech because this church had like insane tech. So he's gone. Her and I are sitting there. The pastor came up behind me and started rubbing my shoulders. And my girlfriend was like, nope, we got to go. We're taking off. And I was okay. I'm trying really hard to be open-minded. I haven't been religious since I was a child. Was that weird? Like, was that was that weird? And she went off, just off. Like she loved her. <laughs> and that was so inappropriate. Like the sermon was super inappropriate. What a, what a just, just a bastardizing of yeah. what this is supposed to be. And she's like, I feel so uncomfortable. And then the fact that he like purposely separated you, like that was so yeah. like, not okay. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, I'm glad that it's not just like a me thing and I'm not reading into it. So then fast forward to like that night, I get a Facebook message from this, from the pastor. And he's like, Hey, I've been thinking a lot. And I, I and I still have these receipts. <laughs> uh, he's like, I've been thinking a lot. And I think you could really benefit from Bible study. And I was like, no, thank you. I'm good. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> So then, you know, the next week happens and I don't go to church. And that night I get a message being like, hey, is everything okay? Like, what's going on? We really miss you. And I was like, oh, new baby. Postpartum. Sorry, guys. Yeah. It's, it's really hard for me to get out of the house. Um, so then the following week I also miss. And same thing. How are you? What's going on? How can we help you? You know, like, you're really missed. 
And I was like, I'm really sorry. Like, it's just, I didn't feel super comfortable and it's just not for me. It's just, it's not my jam. Love what you're doing for the community. That's so great. Glad you found your tribe. It's not for me. Um, appreciate it all. Sayonara kind of thing. <laughs> um, so then again, doubles down on the, you would really benefit from <laughs> Bible studies, one-on-one -on -one Bible studies. And, you know, we have one -on -one. it one-on-one. -on -one. Oh. He's like, I have it set up so my wife can watch your kids. Well, you and I have Bible study and we'll we'll go so we're not distracted and, and we'll have one on one Bible studies and we can do it this night, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I'm really not comfortable with that. I don't like I use the excuse of like, oh, I don't like leaving my kids with people. And then he was like, well, you know, your husband works really late. So what if I just came to your house after you get the kids to bed and before your husband gets home. And I was like, nope, that's still really fucking weird, bud. Like, you got to <laughs> yeah. down here. And it kept going. And then he was like, I just, you know, God's really guiding me and saying that you need to be involved in, the, in our church. There's just something about you. I just really feel a connection. And then it started to morph to as soon as I saw you, I knew that – um, we were supposed to walk a path together and really what? dive into our understanding of religion. And it capped off with, I'm just extremely attracted to you. I can't stop thinking about you. I just really feel like we're meant to explore this together. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. What? <laughs> twice and he's like there's just something about you I feel you know I feel it soul and I was like that's fucked bud and I <laughs> screenshotted it I screenshotted it and I sent it to and it, it was it was to the point it was it was to the point where my husband like I was showing my husband every single time that he would message me because like it's hilarious but my husband is also like six foot three and very fit. And he was like, I'm going to go clean this guy's cloth if he doesn't stop. And I was like, no, like, let me deal with this. I'm a big girl. It's fine. So I would show him all the time. And he was like, this is getting to like, maybe we should call the cops kind of creepy level because it was like super persistent. And I was like, no, I'm just going to double down and like screenshot this and just send it to his wife. Because like, girls got to look out for girls. So I screenshot yeah. it. I send it to his wife. And you know what she said? Uh oh. She said, there's no perfect people. <gasps> and I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> and like, there was explicit shit in there of like, I think about you when I'm making love to my wife. And <gasps> you are saying there's no perfect people. You can. What? And uh, then that really crazy thing happened within the church where suddenly they, they, um, well, it was about, it was, it was after me. I, you know, no contact, whatever, just kind of like let it ride. But also the petty bitch in me wants to know. <laughs> so like I didn't block or delete them because I was like, I need to, I need to keep my finger on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so fast forward like three years after this happened uh, I'm walking into the gym to meet my husband to go train through, so, you know, we're both working out 
And I walk in and I can see my husband and he just looks so annoyed. Like he has this look on his face and we've been together for 19 years. So like I can leave the guy and I'm like, what's going on? And I realize the man who's talking his ear off is none other than the pastor from my story. But from the time that I went to the church to now, now in this like timeline, this moment, this happened like just before COVID, uh, (laughs) he had become like Opie from Sons of Anarchy. He had like super long beard and the total like, like wannabe motorcycle guy, you know, like he had, he had like a whole look going on. So he didn't look the same. Like my husband wouldn't have recognized him unless I clued him in. So I walk in and he turns, the pastor turns and makes eye contact with me. And I watch his smile go gigantic and then sheer unimaginable terror take over his face. (laughs) man who's a foot taller than him and like twice his size is my (laughs) husband. (laughs) I charmed my way through it and I was like, Hey, how's it going? going? Husband's like, how the fuck do you know this guy? And I look at my husband and I'm like, babe, this is the pastor from the church that I went to. And my husband just went, huh? (laughs) Scared the guy down, and the guy was like, um, I have to go. (laughs) And I was like, that was worth it. That was worth the messages. (laughs) maybe six weeks after that happened they midnight moved to a new location to take over a new church and then maybe another eight months after they lived there they moved to another location and what do you know there's these scandals surrounding his exit of how he was talking to young women potentially underage women married women oh Oh. didn't see that one coming yeah the whole time i was like your sermons were about separating husbands and wives Mm -hmm. like i honestly felt like the sermon was telling me that i need to trust in god and then this peer who is supposed to represent a direct connection to god and is speaking for god then tried to tell me that the lord was speaking through him and saying that we should bone. And I felt like I was literally groomed from the minute I met him at Starbucks until the minute I told him to kick rocks. And if I had not been in a stable, loving marriage, I had been, you know, like if there had been anything in my life, I would have ended up alone with him and I'm not totally sure what would have happened. And I saw it coming from a mile away because I'm an atheist asshole. (laughs) not a lot of people do like not a lot of people would look at that situation and be like that was weird that was super weird wow now surprise surprise their church like this church it's a whole brand right like they they're expanding big time anti-vaxxers big time like Uh, covid theorists big time that (laughs) you really stuck with a brand guys yeah i was gonna say i can't say i'm surprised about that (laughs) and it's a total it's like you you know the movie uh 
mean girls where she's not a regular mom she's a cool mom that's, that's exactly what i thought of when you said that <laughs> that was them in a nutshell like we're not a, we're not a regular church we're a cool church pastor um, <laughs> with a cool motorcycle and i was just like you are worse than like give me the stuffy old man who's just yeah. gonna Oh, scripture I don't understand instead of the dude who's Facebook messaging me being like no I'll come to your house and we will talk about the Lord one well, on one while your husband's not home, uh, husband's not home. <clears throat> yeah, just the look on his face of realizing that a, a man much larger and stronger than him <laughs> <laughs> I was married to oh it was beautiful <laughs> I was like that was worth it <laughs> This that was, was long game too because it was three years later <laughs> and just like watching my husband just clock him from like top to bottom and my husband was kind of leaning when he did it too and just this look of disgust on his face like oh <laughs> that guy that's the guy <laughs> I was like, that's the guy hey. oh, and it's, it's extra sad because i feel like i went out of my way to do my job as a woman to warn the wife and be like hey your husband made some messed up shit and is like three conversations away from sending me nude pics. Yeah. Uh, and and then there's a part of me that's like, no amount of me outing him would have solved that situation. Like everybody would have advocated for him. Well, it sounds like his wife has been groomed too for and like like beaten into submission, basically. <laughs> sounds. I mean, something is going on there situations where like i still have them on facebook because it's a train wreck and i love it um, <laughs> yeah but like he'll be like look at my my queen wife oh my gosh she's so beautiful she's so great i'm like tell me you've moved three times in like three years because you keep dming minors like i don't Jesus. maybe let's <laughs> more like counseling i don't know maybe, maybe therapy that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it makes me really sad because they've done such a good job with their branding and imaging uh-huh. that they're getting like a huge amount of support and tons of financial resources. And it's a smart gig because they have one brick and mortar and then they just rent where wherever else they can find like community buildings or like movie theaters or whatever. So they don't really have a lot of operative expenses, but they still get all the perks. Like he was bragging to me about how he doesn't pay taxes. Like he didn't pay like any taxes, you know, federally, provincially or municipally because he's he works for the church. He's employed by the church. So like when he bought his house, he didn't have to pay taxes and the church bought his house with cash. And I was like, this is this is not the brag you think it is. church the church doesn't want me I <laughs> tried. No. I'm good I'm good oh man and wow. I remember I remember the first time I went my husband was like just please don't like don't go hard like just don't you know yeah not 
like a I don't want you to have a religion or spirituality just to like don't drink the Kool-Aid. Yeah. And I know and I know you're looking for a community and you just had a baby, your hormones are super wacky, like just don't don't drink the flavor aid. And then <laughs> it's enough, like of course that happened. <laughs> you drank it from the start. <laughs> oh that's wild. I yeah. I feel like yeah, there's definitely something telling you that that's not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I feel like every ancestor I've ever had who's been kicked out of the church for one reason or another is like, literally, you know, in Mulan, where like all the ancestors are like, girl, we are telling you something. That's <laughs> my Irish heritage. They're all like, we got kicked out of 17 churches. So did you get gaslit by some dude with a motorcycle? No. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I'm done. No more. And <laughs> my children go to a Catholic school, so oops. Well, um, I mean Irish heritage, like that makes me love you even more because I am obsessed with Irish everything. So, um, I. <laughs> So you must like potato. That is part of the. Yeah. And I live in Idaho, so. <laughs> very annoying. Um, actually, so my grandmother, it my grandmother, uh, my grandmother died at 92 years old, and she died at someone else's funeral. What? Um, so my mom's best friend had passed away really un- unexpectedly. And my mom was home because she was like the beneficiary of, you know, everything. And she was planning a funeral and all this kind of stuff. And and uh, the best friend, you know, never wanted to have a funeral, but her family wanted to have a funeral. And it was like a bit of a thing. So there was kind of some drama around having this funeral. And my mom's super stressed out and she's trying to like appease everybody. And she's staying with my grandmother. My grandmother is like five foot tall, if that, like on a good day, which is with kids. <laughs> on um fire engine red well like coppery red little <laughs> lady golden girls situation uh-huh. um and just a friggin firecracker uh so she's saying she's saying and with my with my grandmother and uh my grandmother had this like crazy story of just life experiences and she was something to behold for sure and so the night before the funeral, you know, my mom's crying to my grandma. They sit and they have a couple drinks together because my grandma was also like living on her own till she, until the day she died. She was completely independent. She never depended on anybody else. She actually took care of other residents in her apartment building at 92 years old. So there was wow. there was people in their 70s that she would help bath. And I'm like, this just feels like the blind leading the blind. <laughs> <laughs> This is backwards. Something. They sat down and they're drinking. You know, they're they're drinking their rye and they're having (laughs) a little cry about the circumstances. And and my my grandma's like, everything's gonna be fine. You know, you're gonna be all right. This sucks, but everything's gonna be fine. And just know that I love you and all that stuff. And my mom was like, she was being really sentimental. And my grandma was more of a like, suck it up. I survived both cancer and six kids. Like, that kind of <laughs> like I should have known. So, so it's 
small town. It's a very small town. The church with like the big pavilion is across the street from the hospital. And the funeral home is attached to the church and there's like one mortician and he also is like the funeral director, but he's also part of the church. So like everybody knows each other. Uh, So they go to the funeral, big proceedings, whatever. And my grandmother had babysat the mortician when he was a kid. So the dude's in his like 50s, but she knew him when he was like an infant. And she, she looks at him and she goes, bye, Tom. I'll be seeing you real soon. Winks at him, walked out before like the whole funeral got out. Like everybody was chatting, but nobody had walked outside. Walks out, has a stroke and dies in front of the uh in front of the funeral in front of the funeral. So they open the door <laughs> and people are like, Oh my god, somebody's having a stroke. <laughs> yeah. And if you knew the best friend, it was like the perfect one two combo because the best for sure, it was can't waste money on that huge funeral. I'm gonna let Fran stand it up. I'm gonna let her have the last laugh. And then my grandma was like, "I got this." And if that doesn't summarize Irish heritage, nothing does. <laughs> the very first time this woman met my my husband. So we started dating when I was in high school. Um, it was my 18th birthday. She meets him. Again, she's like five foot nothing. He's six three. <clears throat> she's like she's like a curvy Irish lady. She's got big boobs, whole nine yards. She walks up to this man who's like 20 at the time and so unbelievably awkward. And he's like super nervous meeting my extended family. She walks up to him, grabs him around the waist. But her height, that was pretty much his butt. Like, she's grabbing him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Makes her boobs, rubs them against his crotch. And, <laughs> and he goes, you got a good one. I just walked away. <laughs> and was like, what just happened? <laughs> but yeah. That's, oh, my that's, God. I love that. <sighs> It's the it is that like an Irish method of like a testing like a test. <laughs> He's packing. You're good. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. She hated my my sister's husband, and she was like, "He's no good. He drinks too much." I'm like, "Potter the kettle, Grandma." <laughs> and then it turned out he drank too much. So. I mean, if an Irish person tells you they drink too much, you probably do. <laughs> Yeah, you probably yeah. should get that. She, she was something. She was something. Sure. Like everyone would be like, "Oh, is your grandma coming to the event?" And I'd be like, "Why? Like, why is everyone so obsessed if grandma's coming to the event? She'd be the first one on the dance floor, last one to leave. She'd be the front of the conga line. She oh. picture her life on full, full. She had a good one for sure. Yeah. That's awesome. It's a good culture. I yeah. Agree. I love it. <laughs> people are always like, "Why do you like Irish stuff so much? Irish people and like all the and like <laughs> have you like have you seen them? Like they're yeah, like, <laughs> like oh our our government is corrupt. We'll so, show you what so to do. Is, yeah, <laughs> I mean, huh. <laughs> they do not mess around. My my grandma was she was premature. So she was only like three pounds when she was born. 
And they just put her in a shoebox and put her under the wood stove and then fed her sugar water. And I was like, you know, it explains a lot. It explains <laughs> a lot. I feel like that's something you do to like puppies. It, this was humans. like a hundred this was a hundred years ago at that's, this That's a good point, yeah. <laughs> so it's uh it was the only option at the time. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's a completely different life like yeah. even even um so my grandmother <laughs> oh sorry grandma my grandma was literally sold to my grandfather so my grandfather was a uh he was a wheat person in saskatchewan so he took care of like all the wheat uh like the the grain elevators he was like the boss guy of all that and he was 30 and his family pretty much bought my grandmother and oh. threw her on a train and th- threw her on a boat and threw her on another train. <laughs> and at 15 years old, she showed up at my grandfather's house. <gasps> and then they were together and everyone was like, oh, he's such a gentleman. He waited until you were ready because they didn't have their first child until she was 17. That was waiting. That was gentleman. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. And they, yeah were together, whole... they were together until my grandfather died. And like that was they were they were good. That was her like her love. That's her person. No. There was some there was some shit along the way, but they were together for like fifty five years. Wow. I know, it's nuts. But I think about that and I'm like you bought her? <laughs> so romantic. <laughs> I remember people being like, oh, like, what a good love story. Like, they've been together forever. I'm like, he bought her. <laughs> I don't want that meat cute. That's not what I'm trying You know, we can't, can't put today's standards on yesterday's actions. It's we true. It's true. I, um, there's a, I've talked about that before where I'm just like, wait, so we get like, people get all like, oh, well, that was, dis- that's disgusting. No, why would you do that? And it's like, but that, I mean, they didn't know any better back then. And that's just how things were. Yeah. Like, it's just how it was. Women were property back, like, yeah. up until just like a hundred years ago. Like, it just. Until like 50 years ago. Like, yeah, 50 years ago. Yeah. Couldn't have a checkbook. Couldn't have your own checkbook. Couldn't open your own credit card. Couldn't own property until, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is, like, literally, my grandfather set the bar because he didn't beat my grandmother. That was, like, Prince oh. Charming. Wow. He was 15 plus years older than her. But what a gentleman. Because he waited and he didn't beat her. <laughs> He waited a whole year to knock her up. <laughs> a whole year before he knocked up a minor. Good job, <laughs> Grandpa. And like my grandpa was like, Yeah, it was super weird. Like this child showed up on my doorstep and they were like, hey, babies. So like I think he was aware enough to be like, This is a little messed up. But the fact that everybody in his peer group was like, get to Good it. Part. Like <laughs> What are you waiting? <laughs> 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 
Oh man. Different time, different time, yeah. different place. Like, yeah. So. <laughs> I can't even think of that. Oh. Um, like, have you tried to talk to like a fifteen-year-old? Like, yeah, I'm. I live I'm with <laughs> my I'm, little sister. I'm thirty-five, and like the thought of like that. Uh, nope. Like, besides the whole, it's wrong. Just even having a conversation, I'm like. Mm. <laughs> Right. So, I mean, I love my little sister dearly, but like, I just, she's, there's definitely like, uh, obviously the Gen Z is just a whole different. They're a different beast. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I mean, she's, yeah, I can't even, nope. I'd be like, uh, you're a child. Yeah. <laughs> But also, too, I feel like at that moment in time, like, my grandfather was probably also a child. Like, he was barely educated. He went straight into the workforce. That's a good point. Never traveled. No life experience. The most he ever did was, like, going across um, the bread belt. And that was, he was, he was worldly compared to his friends. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Good times. <laughs> So, um, I, I probably should have said this before, but, um, you guys have probably already figured it out. Listeners. Um, Michelle is, um, never Mormon is what we would call it. I don't know. And anyways, but, um, I wanted to ask you like what your, besides like, I know, you know, Dusty, so mm-hmm. you probably know a lot of stuff of what she's told you, but like, and your experience going to the like extreme <laughs> Mormons. <laughs> so, um, have you had other experiences with Mormons? Where yeah, you, like, yeah, there's yeah. there's a pretty large um, Mormon community in our town. I'm sure Dusty told you. Um, but my my child used to be in a competitive sport, and for some reason there was like a ton of Mormon families, oh. and so I would always pick their brains. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, this is so cool. <laughs> and it was really see like the spectrum of Mormons. And then another really good friend of mine, he uh, he was like up up there in the church. Like he was full on. I'm gonna screw this up, but I want to say deacon is deacon a thing in the Mormon church? Yeah, but he would. So if you're a deacon, you're like twelve year old boys are deacons. No, so he's like yeah. like a elder, I like think a bishop, on his way to be an elder kind of thing. Oh, how old were, how, uh... By, by the time he left, he was, like, 30, so. Hmm. Doesn't Maybe matter. Anyway, he was, like, super involved. Uh, full-on, like, two dates and a marriage. Uh, uh, was he, like, a like a missionary, like a... Yeah, did a mission. And yeah. did... Like, somebody he dated for 12 seconds uh and then like Uh left the church so i've definitely heard his stories for sure um and then i've had you know i've had some really cool experiences with people who are involved still in in the church in some capacity uh and then i also had like a really bizarre doxing experience with a bunch of freedom fighters because of like the boy stuff who Uh are connected to the church so slightly different the whole gamut. <laughs> like, we've seen it all. Um, but it was really interesting. Like, I'll just speak to, like, the the range of moms that I dealt with. Because there was definitely 
the moms who flat out said, I'm only still going because my parents are in the church. And if I walk away from the church, my kids won't know their grandparents. They won't know their cousins. You know, like we're all only going because we want a relationship with our parents. Mm. Um, And they were really like disconnected and they've had a lot of experiences that made them more and more uncomfortable. But they were like second gen. So like Mm -hmm. their parents had joined the church in kind of like the 80s or early 90s. Okay. And then they were raised in the church. So for their parents, they're like, it's so amazing. It's the best place ever. But then for them, they had like these really bizarre experiences where like I won't speak for them, but they had their own slew of like, wow, that was uncomfy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they're trying to raise their kids in a way that they feel that their kids are protected, Mm -hmm. um, but still appeasing their parents. And then there was other people who are still like hook, line and sinker, full on in it, living for cheetah print. That was another thing that I noticed, like, <laughs> yeah. like head to toe cheetah print. I'm like, I didn't even know you could get glasses in cheetah print, but like, <laughs> um, and like really unhappy marriages, like the ones that were the further into the church were friggin' miserable. And right. I'd always like, and then um and then I had that like doxing experience where I was like cool and how that happened was I I said that I felt like this freedom convoy because we had the big freedom convoy in Canada yeah I was like I'm really uncomfy with this because you got a lot of like neo-nazis nazis Uh anti-semites like this is getting kind of yicky and I don't feel comfortable here I'm not the straightest duck and not the straightest arrow uh, so they would have in our town specifically, they had like a, a pro conversion therapy pastor who was like Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve and that whole thing. And I'm like, Ugh, that's not my jam. Sorry, I cannot support your movement if you're giving a soapbox to these people. And that somehow turned into I was trying to steal people's children. Um, I was saying that the unvaccinated should be put in jail like it spiraled. And all the people who were involved, except two, were from the Mormon church. And I was like, that's really odd, statistically, yeah. that so many of you are connected to this thing. Yeah. And it, it just felt really icky. Um, yeah. But then, like, the friend that I have who's kind of on the fringe and only staying in it to keep a relationship with her mom was, like, one of the nicest people I've ever met. And... Her kids are great, and she's got a great marriage. And why is it such a spectrum? Yeah, that's wild. So that's kind of been my experience. And then my friend who left the church is like so anti-Mormon, so want to be in redeeming quality somewhere. <laughs> and I did. I did try and read some of Joseph Smith's writings. And I was going to ask if you've read like any of the Book of Mormon or anything about Joseph Smith or. Yeah, I've I've trudged through the Book of Mormon. It was a really long time ago though, so I I feel like I should reread it. So I'm going to got it in any capacity. And then <laughs> the nerd in me was like, because I also had that weird polygamous church experience, and then, yeah. you know, Joseph Smith like a million wives, and then the dude after Joseph Smith. Brigham Young had yes, had like a shit ton of wives. Fifty, he had the most of them. I can't remember how. Um, I don't. I can't remember like 
I want to say 52, like 49. Like, yeah. I feel like anything over, obviously, Two? one is, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is a lot. An exorbitant amount, but, like. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I went to that church, they, like, you know, they had a picture of Jesus. But they all had a picture of Joseph Young. Like, who's this guy? So then I kind of fell down the rabbit hole when I got older of, like, who's Brigham Young? And, like, how does this all tied together and like yeah. how did this happen and then like how did joseph smith die and i i fell down that rabbit hole of like <laughs> oh <laughs> they have a shit ton of wives but they like edit that out oh yeah and they then totally fascinating with the um i love the fact that there's a different prophet who can like write their own uh because you like the the Mormon church has their living prophet, but like mm-hmm. that guy can write his own stuff. Yeah. And then like, he can write whatever he wants. So yeah, I felt right. this rabbit hole of like the crazier, the better of like, <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, Bigfoot is really Kane. And oh yeah, yeah, there's that. This is awesome. This is like a <laughs> adventure. I am for this. <laughs> but then I started to be like, you know, as a sci-fi fic? Great. <laughs> I'm just not vibing here, guys. But it's 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 a it's a thing. And it's a tricky spot because you know I have a business and all that stuff. So I feel really nervous because I know other people who have said, Oh, I don't like the Mormon church and then have had really crazy experiences with like getting boycotted and getting kind of on by the Mormon community. So I'm like, that just doesn't seem like a really welcoming place. Yeah. But on all the chapels, it says all vis- all visitors welcome yeah. on all of them. So. Except, Except the pine print. Because <laughs> I'm like, what about that guy with the 58 wives? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what about the part where you said you're indigenous and that you're, there's a, a white tribe of indigenous people and ancestry is proving you wrong? And they're like, <laughs> and it's like Bigfoot. <laughs> like if they were like, this week we're discussing like the heritage of Bigfoot and how he ties to Kane, I'd be like, how does this tie to Dean Winchester from Supernatural? I'm in. Oh. <laughs> and you're like, I'm like, this isn't Comic-Con? Okay. <laughs> oh, I was at the wrong meeting. <laughs> yeah, it's been... And, like, the more I research Mormon, Mormonism, mm-hmm. the weirder it gets. So I feel like it's it's one of those religions, like, it's better to know less with that one specifically. Yeah. Whereas with the Quran, I feel like it's very dangerous to know less. And if you... Have you ever read the Quran? Uh-uh, I have not. If you ever go into the Quran, if you take it at face value, she's a little spicy. <laughs> the deeper you research it, the clearer it becomes. Uh-huh. If you are a person who's only ever read the Quran and have no access to education, I can kind of understand how it goes a little sideways. Uh, but with Mormonism, the further I would go in, the more I'd be like, you guys need to do some edits. <laughs> There's plot holes. There's some plot holes. <laughs> Do some edits. <laughs> <laughs> and, 
<laughs> I don't think it's a good idea to let the prophet, the current prophet, declare things because it's really biting me in the butt. Like later on, <laughs> it, was, it was good. It was good. <sighs> How long ago did you leave the church? Uh, so officially about three years, three years ago. But like, I haven't been going for like a decade. So, yeah. Um, and was it like you were like? Oh, I'm not welcome here. Yeah, basically, that's kind of where that was the starting of it. Like, I was just like, "Yeah, you guys don't like him that I, uh, I'm gay, and so like, <laughs> deuces, you know." But it was, I mean, that's oversimplifying it. But like, it took years for the. But like, I um, and then I joined the navy and went hog wild, basically, and just like did my own thing, <laughs> lived my big gay life. <laughs> and, I uh, love. I love that the Mormon church was stifling, but a military organization was like, Whoa! Right? Also, would appreciate it. Yeah, the irony's not lost on me at all. Um, <laughs> in fact, we've talked. Uh, I've talked to some people about how like Mormons tend to like gravitate towards other very highly structured organizations when they like when they leave um, because they they were geared towards that. And so and now that I'm like out of the military and I'm just kind of free willing, I'm just like, I don't know what to do with my life, but I kind of like it. You know, I was like, just yeah. have like no real like agenda no path kind of thing i mean i have a path. i have i have goals i have things in mind but like it's there's no like there's nothing telling me like this is how you need to live and this is what you need to be doing you know yeah so. I understand for sure. that was something that i noticed with um with dealing with like mormon parents is my gosh are they moving a lot like i feel like i'm a pretty active person but these, <laughs> these mamas would have like seven kids going in nine different directions at any given time and they were very militant and very organized and very structured and so i can see the appeal to that of and you know also having like this huge network to lean on i think that's why oh this is a spicy hot take but i feel that's why so many mormon moms lean on mm mlms oh yeah for sure absolutely for them because it's like well, if you're already a detailed-oriented, structured person who has a huge network to lean on, you're going to thrive. You're going to do great at something like that for a period of time. Oh, yeah. I'll go kaboom eventually. But I think <laughs> that's why it's so appealing. Of yeah. like, And I can do it while the kids are in swimming, and they're in hockey, and they're in gymnastics, and they're in taekwondo. And, and I'm, I would talk to these moms, and I'd be like, how do you do this? Yeah. And then, like, are you all, like, snorting your kids Ritalin? Like, I <laughs> there's, you don't drink coffee. I, like, what's, also on a really fun hot take, every single Mormon mom loved Twilight. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Lived Twilight. Love them. Sneaky ones for, like, I also really love Fifty Shades of Grey. And then the uh, ones yeah. that like, <gasps> you <gasps> have and then I'd just be sitting there with my alien smut being like <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping this would come up <laughs> got you. I got you. <laughs> so one of the things that Dusty like has I mean she's 
yeah, she's told me about you. She's like told you about the the, the alien smut. <laughs> <laughs> so, and I work at a bookstore, and so, and I see them all the time. I'm like, those actually look kind of good. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> I got my my gay pal to read them, and I was like, look, it's a heterosexual relationship. I'm not gonna be like, ooh, it's super queer friendly. Like, it's a boy and a girl. Right. But the boy is seven and a half feet tall and a blue alien, so like. Yeah, yeah so so I read the back of like, the <laughs> first one, and I was like, just the like the visual that it gave me of like this tall giant and this little human <laughs> falling in love, and I was just like, and having like like having sex, and like I'm just like, oh, yeah. they is, bond. They is bond she bond. is she okay? <laughs> so here's what i realized about those books so i need to preface this because like nobody knows what we're talking about it's uh ice planet barbarian series it's great (laughs) ruby ruby dixon knows what she's doing i've read almost all of them um and then she's got a bunch of so many there's there's i feel like they have two of my stores so i don't know if i want to say there's 20 right now okay (laughs) there's still more there's some novellas in there like some little kind of like short shorter halfway betweens whatever kind of thing yeah um but yeah there's there's a lot of them but so this whole series because i i told my husband i was reading them and he's like so what these aliens just show up on earth and like just start boning random earth women like (laughs) and i was like no trafficked so the humans got scooped up by bad guy aliens and they got literally trafficked and there's alien traffickers who are going to take them to like an international trade like an intergalactic trade where people could buy them they're going to be slaves like that's the slave trade um but something happens to the trade the the trafficker ship and they ditch the this island it's mm-hmm. I want to say there were like 12 of them maybe in the first the first one um so they're all super banged up they're essentially in like a sea can that got ditched on this like ice planet and there's one girl who's still able-bodied and she's still doing really well so she ventures out so she she tries to go like get help to find resources and find food and find shelter so she like She's on this ice planet. No idea what's happening. She's on an alien planet. She's super banged up, but she's in better shape than everybody else. She like goes out to find help, ends up getting snared in a trap, and Vectal, the seven and a half foot tall alien, uh, finds her. Uh, and she passes out because she's also like super dehydrated, hasn't eaten in days, you know, all that stuff. She passes out. And spoiler alert. How she gets woken up is our home slice, Vectal, with a rib tongue going down on her. <laughs> That's how she wakes up from her, like, from being passed out. Because he's like, she's my mate. She is, she is the one, Vectal's mate. And they can't speak the same language. So they're trying to communicate to each other. And it's perfection. It needs to win. <laughs> Pulitzer Prize. <laughs> the best thing I've ever read. Um, and, and 
I read it and I was like, man, this is like, oh, it's great. It's it's like a cool story. And, mm-hmm. and it, it got TikTok famous. And so like all these book reviewers, specifically men, would start reading it and reviewing it. Mm-hmm. Be like, I went into this thinking it was going to be trash. I had zero expectations. It is a great story. It's super lovely. <laughs> I read it in one night. I couldn't put it down. Like, super well-written story. But the whole time I was reading this series, okay, so these men, these aliens, they, like, they all figure out how to communicate, sci-fi, whatever. Yeah. They're going to they're gonna solve their problems. These men, their kink is caring for their mate. So they literally... Oh like we will wait until you're ready we will feed you and clothe you and provide you with shelter and make sure you come six times before we even consider penetration and it is like basically it's just a book written about consent and communication bullshit all right this is it and i was like how low is the bar if we're like this is this is it. This is it. I I want this relationship. <laughs> oh girl. You have no idea what the bar oh the bar yeah. basement. Very low. So that's why people Subterranean. Subterranean. Yeah. <laughs> people like the book so much. And each character is super, super different. And like the circumstances for each character is super, super different. And she does a great job of, of writing it. I loved it. I made my husband read a chunk of it. Um, yeah, they're delightful. I highly recommend them. Right. 75 times better than Fifty Shades of Grey. Just throwing it out there. All right. Um, but I gave it to my gay friend, and I was like, please read this and tell me what you think. And he was like, that was some good shit. That was really? so- All right. I'm in. I- I'm sold now. I'm going to – I was on the fence about it because I'm just like, I don't – I feel weird, like, it's, getting it's this. It's not my damn, right? Like, why would it yeah. be my but it's also like the the spicy alien then. Oh my gosh. My, <laughs> my goodness. And don't worry, there's like a how it fits saga. Oh, it and there's so like there's a, a whole thing where like they have like this heartworm situation and they have to make babies and it's a whole and their chests purr and you'll love it. You will love it. <laughs> <laughs> it's on Kindle Unlimited. Go read it. It's great. It, it's on what? It's on Kindle Unlimited. Do you have Kindle? Oh, really? I don't. I tried to find it on my li- at my library and they don't have it, but they have it at my bookstore, so I might just get it. But it's it's worth it. Yeah. This is a forewarning though. There's so many of them, and you read them so fast. It's like <sighs> I, I, I want to know. I want to know why we only have two of them. If I thought there was only two of them. No, there's so many. And then she's got like a whole like dragon series and a different alien series. And I actually Wait, read... Wait, are the dragons like... Is that is it dragon smut too? Or is it like... <laughs> are you cut out a little bit? Is it is it dragon smut also? Or is it like... Oh, all right. I'm down she's, for that. There's Oh my gosh, I have a book for you. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Uh, two gay dragons. Yes. All right. Scottish men. <gasps> what? What is this? I'm already um, in. So it's two hot Scottish men who are like 
the, the girl describes them as like gods, like the most attractive men she's ever seen. They're her boss. And she goes to Scotland with them on a work trip mm-hmm. um, and then ends up being their long lost mate. And it's, it's boy, girl, boy. And there's like what? boy, boy scenes. And what? boy scenes. And... <laughs> Done. Sold. What is this? What is this magic Great book? Let me, let me just double check for you. Uh, I got you covered, my friend. All right. <laughs> Who's that girl? Uh, I'm gonna have to dig deep because she was she was a while ago. Uh, yeah. If you ever need some some good smut, I'm your girl. Perfect. Have you, um, I've heard that Sarah J. Moss's uh, Court of Thorn and Roses is pretty, like, in that, you know. (laughs) Very similar. Like, it's a really cool, it's a super cool story, and it's super cool sci-fi. It's a commitment because they're quite substantial books. So I feel like if you're not, like, a sci-fi person to begin with, like, I've suggested it for people, but they've never committed to a sci-fi series before. And I'm like, this is a long-term relationship. You don't, <laughs> you don't just like jump into this. Like you're gonna you're gonna spend forty five hours reading these books. So, yeah. but they're good. They're very good. All right. Um, what is it? I did also read. Uh, <laughs> I think probably the the craziest book I ever read was a book uh, called uh, Morning Glory Milking Farm. I'm writing this shit down. (laughs) Uh, Centaur. It's about a centaur milking facility. Morning glory. (laughs) Oh my god. Morning glory milking? (laughs) Morning glory milking farm. All right. Okay, I can't find that one was good too. I'll I'll find it and I'll screenshot it to you. Alright. Okay, well I'm gonna say you got got some homework to do after this. (laughs) Well we're gonna let the listeners go. We can talk more after this, (laughs) but um (laughs) I like to milking farm. That's yep. the, that's it's a good the note to end on. I mean, it's a milking farm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm okay with that. So, yeah. thank you for being on with me, and it's been a wild ride. <laughs> I will definitely have you back. This is yeah. awesome. <laughs> Thank you for having me.